<laughs> Good laugh. Kill him up. Something happened there.
Hello and welcome everyone Therapy of the Absurd, episode 16. Hi. Hi. Dana's like, whatever, I'm over this week. <laughs> uh, this is a special week. This is whiskey week for me. It's at the lows and the highs, and uh, it's necessary. Although, it brings out some interesting sure I'm monsters. I'm in an A meeting if I keep it going this way for the past week. I've had so much anxiety. I've literally gone to the liquor store like twice this week for big bottles. <laughs> Whoa. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I guess I should feel okay about myself. I'll buy one thing a bullet and uh, not even the big bottle, just a little one. That'll last me uh, for a week. That's kind of weird. But you know, that's what you got to do. You got to, you got to, you got to buy bullet. Thank It'll last you. a while. Thank you for showing off how good you are with self control. <laughs> I, I, I thought that if there was a week that I might actually drink, this might be it, but I've still held off. I think I've had like maybe two glasses of champagne this whole year. Like maybe like just cause it's, it's just not my thing, but I will say this, my hormones clearly have anxiety. Like I have a pimple and gray hair and I'm like, okay, can we pick a struggle? <laughs> could we pick puberty? Like, can we, can we pick one? Can we pick one? So I don't know. I think that's, that's where my stress is. Uh, it's kind of funny that like the day before I had to go back to work after furlough, I started getting pimples. I was like, no, no, it's happening right. again. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I, not only am I, badly drinking but i'm also impulse buying like i even went ahead and bought this necklace which is supposed to be a t-rex wait wrong side it's a t-rex it's a t-rex but i see it i think i see i see it. it's very cool it's very cool and i'm like i'm an adult why am i buying this <laughs> but it's actually i mean honestly it's very cool uh, you know what stacy you and i have the same lipstick on i think you're i think your shade is a hair darker which is really beautiful but um and i i stay away from this but i was like I was like, I think we're going to do something different. And so now you and I are, we are Ebony and Ivory live together in person. <laughs> I love that song. I love it. Keep, keep going. I can, I can, I can hear a whole album now. <laughs> but everybody remembers the song, right? Y'all remember the song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and since we were talking about SNL, I do love when Eddie Murphy, and I'm forgetting his name, one of, one of the great guys from SNL. Oh, um, you are black and I am white. You are blind is a bad thing. I have Joe, sight. Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. Yeah, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was funny. He was. Oh, it was. Uh, okay, so this uh, is Sinatra crazy. with. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually heard the actual song of Ebony and Ivory. I've only heard Ebony's everyone's parodied version but i've never actually <laughs> taken a moment to hear the actual song really crazy that's it's okay it's okay you know it's okay it's okay. so i was just but i just remember like it was during it was during the good old 80s mtv days and there were just so many you know like great videos and great great everything so you know that was the duet between obviously everybody else knows stevie and paul mccartney and then but like Michael and Paul McCartney had a great song, Say, 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 that was, the video was real super cool. Like I just remember that video, Latoya Jackson was in the video, but yeah, um, that was a, a great, um, okay, a great, um, a great era. We'll have to, I mean, I know we can only probably pay 15 seconds here, but maybe we'll have to like pull it up before 
uh, before the show is over. I'll, I'll pull up the music video if we want to play it, you know, uh, before we go. Because I think that would be a fun. I want to know who over here might, you know, might, else might know the song, you know. Well, after that, we have to play the video of Mick Jagger and David Bowie almost making out. Uh, <laughs> oh, Which boy. was the song they did together? They they did a song. Uh, is David uh, Bowie someone in the comments? No, 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 Rolling Super Rolling Stones. Um, All right, wow. looking it up right now. And when you said Mick Jagger, I was like, oh, okay, state of shock. You know, Mick Jagger, and Michael Jackson had a great uh, duet that they did. Oh, um, Dancing in the Street. They did Dancing in the Street. But they, uh, who David and 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 Mick Jagger? David Bowie and Mick Jagger, and they, they just sure like. They Those sure. two guys get so close to each other, like like in a way where you're like, just make out already. We're okay with it. It's yeah, that was, you took it back. You took it back. <laughs> and of course, of course. Now I'm like trying to. I'm looking up what happened to Joe Piscopo because he uh, was somebody that you know I ad certainly admired greatly. Um, he was funny, not necessarily my inspiration, but I just thought he was funny. And you know, when I look back on it now, I think that whole that was the era in which I was watching. So that's why, like, when people are like. Uh, Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus and Brad Hall were on Saturday Night Live. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, they were. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, it's a good way if you know any. Um, there, there's all those best of Saturday Night Live. So if you know of someone you really like, mm -hmm. that's a great way to find all the other people that were great because they would put everybody that's been great on Saturday Night Live gets with the other great people. <laughs> you know, like like that's just the way it works. They put them in something. It's like if you watch the the best of. Um, oh my gosh, Tommy Boy. What's his name? Chris Farley. Oh, it has plenty of stuff when Adam Sandler was funny. Um, David Spade. Uh, yeah, I know I'm a dick for saying that, but it's okay. Um, but like, it has it has the best. It, it has the best stuff. By the way, we uh, I mentioned we were watching um, Terminator Two with my family the other day, and that reminded me of one of my favorite. Uh, Saturday Night Lives was when Linda Hamilton was on after Terminator Two. That mm -hmm. had massive head wound, Harry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm forgetting some of the other ones, but there were so many great ones. And that was back when Phil Hartman was around and missed that guy, of course. She Ooh. seems like such an in intimidating, intimidating woman. Like I would be afraid to approach her at any point. <laughs> just looks like she looks like she'd be a Karen, but I, I feel like it's like a strong Karen. Like it's me. What? Like, is that just me? Like, like, well, actually, when we were watching it, she did remind me of like your really, um, uh, what's it called, really intense teenage uh, cousin that smoked by the time she was thirteen and yells at you about nothing. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> the cops are still outside Stacy's place. <laughs> now, did she? I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I thought I heard she was, but yeah, bipolar. Like, so she did. Uh, she has she has bipolar disorder. Um, you know, and oh, now I just learned something actually super that I didn't know. Did anybody know she had a twin sister? Did anybody know that? No, I didn't. Know oh that. yeah, 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 I did. I, did. I didn't. Yeah, but her twin sister just died like two months ago, like oh, August twenty second. Yeah, that I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, I'm just like I just wanted to you know look it up because I was just like, what you know, like um. Now, of course, I'm like, where's Joe Piscopo now? And what's he doing? And then Linda Hamilton, same. You know, It's always crazy when you find out people are twins. Like uh, right. Ashton Kutcher is a twin. Who else was it? Okay. There's a couple out there that we would have never guessed were twins because they're fraternal. But also, oh. <laughs> I mean, like, if people don't talk about a twin, you just don't know. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, but the comedy world know, now knows, well, the flappers world knows that I have a twin because they actually, um, who I, you guys weren't in the show. They put her on the screen because they were like, and next we have, is it Donna Keel? And I'm like, 
No, it's not. And I sound check with you all. I'm Dana. That is my sister in New York who is holding on to being awake for dear life. And you have now put her, you've spotlighted her, uh, you know, in this, you know, uh, whatever. So, but if people don't talk like, I mean, Linda Hamilton, that's like a big shock to me. And I feel so bad because like, like came and went in one day, like she's not here. Yeah, I, I knew about the twin because of all the hardcore behind the scenes stuff for Terminator 2. Mm. The, the sister was doing the stunts. I was going to say, was she an actress? Was she in the business also? Uh, I know she did stunt work. Past that, I don't know. Okay, I, I'm trying I, to that's think. all I know. See, I always, I always felt bad for her because of her separation with James Cameron. She was right. portrayed in such a negative way. Right. And I feel like her career completely got derailed after the se separation. Maybe it was also because she was probably difficult to work with as she was battling her illness. Right. I feel like she still had such strong potential. She seemed like such a strong character. That's why she's so intimidating to me. I feel like she could play, <laughs> like she could play a kick-ass person. Right. Um, and she, let me see, I'm looking, the sister is actually, oh my gosh, the sister looks a lot like when, um, you know, like Kirstie Alley in the early days of Kirstie Alley's career. Uh, no, we don't speak her name. Uh, oh, oh, we don't? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, why? I was a, reading she, her tweets. We don't speak. Oh, she's a Donald uh, T supporter. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. I think. I, oh, hardcore. yeah. Hardcore. Oh, hardcore. Really? I mean, I, I still <laughs> like her movie. Uh, what is it? <laughs> Luke is talking. I loved yeah. her movies. I was so heartbroken when I found out that she was. Oh, look, I have well, no yeah, I problem speak. with conservatives. I, I have, my family is conservative, like half of them are conservative, which I get. And it's the radical ones that make no sense, even if you've provided so much information as to your your opinion sounds really stupid, are the ones that I don't like. Like I was telling the boys before the show started that the only the people that have a... You guys are the boys, okay? Stop it. <laughs> um, All right, let, let me just tell you what we're gonna do here. We're going after that Homelander. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's insane. Like I didn't know she was, and maybe I did hear she was insane, but like she's really insane. I like how she's googling her right now. <laughs> I am because like two things, like because like I feel like you know I she I, I'm not saying she was any type of hero, but I think I did vaguely hear that she you know was Republican, but like. I guess these are just things that I, you don't, I don't keep following up. So like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, but it just says she was downplaying the COVID numbers and that she was asked by CNN to like basically shut it up about, you know, like I did not shut it up, but like, I'm like, what? Like, this is insane. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think maybe why she's so angry is you're the first one to Google her in a while. Probably. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but I will never speak her name again. I don't have an issue, man. It's the same when I found out about James Woods. I was like, no, no, What's you're ruined. My childhood is ruined. James Wood is bad news, also. Oh my God, Dina! I know. What bubble, have you been living in? I want to live in that bubble again. Okay, okay. And here's the thing: he's somebody that I met and I admired his work. So you're telling me he's? But I mean, it was oh, he's the worst. Are you? I wouldn't. Then I wouldn't go into the bubble. I do not okay, Google I'm not, him. Do I'm not, not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Your perception will just completely. <laughs> I, I will leave it. I'm trying to turn my alarm off. I apologize, you guys. I set an alarm because I was working on something. You know how those hey, are. Hey, uh, uh, if you put up Ed Namrock's last uh, last uh, comment there, Stefan, mm -hmm. just to one? let everybody know, you missed, if you didn't watch the show last night on the Ed Namrock podcast, he's put it up. 
And this is reference to uh, a little thing that I did. So go find out who Harry Badiches is, okay? Just just go do that. Just watch the show until you see that part. Just from the beginning until you see that part, and you'll see the best parts of the show. Mm. <laughs> and then dance like forget everyone else after that. No, right. no, no. Hey, I'm only saying that because it's at the very end of the show. That was my tricky way of watching from the beginning to that <laughs> part of the show. Because then you'll see the whole show. Okay, we got that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> now oh. I'm worried. It's 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 bullet, Nick. Of course, it's bullet. Mm. Nick, it's oh. bullet. It's bullet. It's bullet rye. Okay, I'm gonna tell you one last crazy thing I did because I do a lot of crazy things, but. Okay, so remember how I'm really bad with money and I like to spend more than I should? Um, I, deci <laughs> I decided to get preventative Botox this week. And uh, you guys, I don't have any lines. But like that, okay, what a concept. So but sweet, I'm sure you didn't have lines before, like. Oh no, I had a lot, but <laughs> I had a lot. There was like what? five. And then there was like, um, I could furrow my brows very easily. Now I can't. Now I just look constipated. Oh. Like, wow. I, but <laughs> I am not disappointed. Like I, I did it because look, I already saw my mom and my grandma and my great grandma. And I'm like, like genetics aren't in my favor. I'm just gonna take care of this before it gets to that point. And but I, I go ahead. No, I was gonna say I learned something new. Like when I was um I was at the salon earlier, and um and my my person is actually in nursing school, but she just wants to be able to administer like because she's a, she's a hairdresser, a cosmetologist, so she just wants to be able to administer Botox and things like that. And you have to be a registered nurse to do that. And um and she was telling me that she had gotten you know, same place, this, right? Cause she said she furrows a lot and whatever. But what she told me was that I was like, well, how long does it last? Like, and she was like, oh, like four to six months. I was like, oh, so you have to keep. And I was like, well, does it like pile up? Like she says, no, 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 it just, it dissipates. I was like, and it's safe. Cause it's, these things are not off the table. I'm not saying yay or nay, but, but you get to a point where there it's, you know, like I'm looking at all, like when now on Instagram, when they're like face yoga, I'm like, what do I do? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so I totally get it. Like, so it's funny you mentioned it because I literally like two, I guess two hours ago, I just had that conversation three hours ago. So I've learned that the key to help your you is to constantly moisturize your skin. Like you need to use a really good moisturizer and that's mm -hmm. honestly, but like I said, genetics are still a good part of it. My grandma has a strict skincare routine. She looks great for her age, but wrinkles have not been doing so well there. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Grandma. Glad you're watching. My, my, my grandmother. My she doesn't grandmother. understand English. I'm okay. I love you, Grandma. Um, my girlfriend also said that water is key because she said even your Botox will last longer like the more water you drink. You got it. And she said she, well, she, she was not on top of her water. So. Well, uh, well, Does vodka has water? Oh, <laughs> very little. Uh, this got some, uh, but Stefan has prepared something for us tonight, and it, we're going to talk about a, a very serious subject. I'm, you know, everybody, we have to do our serious subject here, and we're going to see what all of you think in the comments about this. Boop, 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 boop. All right, here we go. We're going to put that up. Oh, how will the mass public react to the 2020 election results? How are all you reacting out there in the world? 
<laughs> I, think, I think that the public, you know, it's so funny as we were talking on Monday and uh, and, and um, Stacey kept stressing, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, let's keep it loose. Let's keep it loose. Let's keep it loose. I think people are going to react the same way we've all been reacting. The, like, the memes are abound. Like, we're all like, this is a group project. Did everybody fucking do their part? Or either the other, the other great meme is like, it's like, we're all waiting for the results from an STD test. Like, you know, we're just like, you know, what, what, you know, just, I, I think it's a very, um, just uh let's see a Arizona election chief chides protests who gathered outside like yeah um Portland surprised me this is surprising in Arizona uh Arizona is the biggest well and this 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 shows how much children um are supporting Trump because these are people like we should stop counting the election <laughs> at the end of election day well we've never done that yes we have I know history and then after that they're like well he's not ahead you got to keep counting the votes it's like you guys, yep. you're that kid you invite over that goes, You want to play a game? You want to play a game? And then he keeps changing the rules so that he can win at the end. Yeah. And that, yeah, like it's so that this is amazing to me. Like, I, I think this is, these are not the protests we expected. And I'll be frank, I did not expect, even if, even if I let myself believe that Biden would not win. I didn't believe that people were going to protest. I certainly didn't believe that, you know, that supporters if he, you know, if he didn't prevail. And I know it hasn't been called yet, but I feel like I'm feeling very confident and very <laughs> positive. So I'm just holding on to that. But this is, this is weird. Like it's weird. I think it's weird. <laughs> I think we're reacting already, but it's a slow burn because we've never been put in a, that I can, I've looked up, but I could definitely be wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever been placed in a position where the election results are taking this long. We have. Of, <laughs> yeah. when? when Gore lost, when Gore lost, we had to wait. We had because to wait. Of, yeah, but was it that? I thought it was only a few days. We're, they're saying it's going to take maybe a, until the 15th. Yeah, well, I, Nevada yeah. said until the fifteenth. I don't believe Nevada. There's not enough people. I think. Uh, they're yeah, they're yeah they they just leaked that uh the, somebody who's uh one of the powerful people in Nevada, supposedly if what the leak or what they're saying is true is uh I don't know if it's a man or a woman but uh is holding the election uh in Nevada trying not to call it for Joe. That, well, and and actually Georgia was close last time I checked. So right. Very close. Yeah. They like I mean, by a point. Yeah. By the way, uh, look at at Namrock's uh, uh, message right there about uh, a a a great American. Uh, oh, you, uh, you see it? Yeah. Uh, My question. It's a second above the. It's a second above the top. Look, Alex Jones just showed up to Maripo Maricopa <laughs> County with a megaphone. That's the only platform that bitch has anymore. That's why he needs a megaphone. <laughs> He's been kicked well, the, off of everything the, else. The article. The well, article saying. Yeah. yeah, the art article was saying President Donald Trump supporters rally Wednesday outside the Maricopa County Recorder's Office in Phoenix, Arizona. Some of the protesters were actually armed. So we have some in there that are not carrying firearms, and there are some in there. And I was watching uh, some of the live footage of that, and they're actually carrying uh, some rifles uh, <laughs> with extra bullets in the yeah in there. So yeah. Oh, okay, but. <laughs> My question is, who is paying for all these lawsuits Trump is losing from preventing us to continue from him seizing the ballot count? He's who probably is, borrowing the money. That's why he's got a billion, like, will the billion come due coming soon. Because it's the president battling these lawsuits? Or will Trump be held responsible and claim he can't pay it later? Like, 
who is going to pay for these lawyer fees? Yeah. And, you know, we also we also didn't think, you know, as as the mass public that the election would even last as long as it's already lasting. Right. Well, it's already going on longer than it should. <laughs> well, I mean, actually, well, I mean, I hoped it wouldn't. But every everything that I was donating to all the packs that were emailing me, Color of Change, uh, Black Lives Matter, Mobilize for Black, like everybody, everybody said these were not we, that it would not be conclusive. And even you guys, I'm sure y'all have all seen the Jimmy Fallon clip with um, with. Bernie. Bernie, yeah. I mean, you know, he's pretty much called it. And I, I honestly am grateful exactly. for that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and he called it precisely down to Wisconsin and Michigan and da 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 da. And I think, you know, because of not necessarily because of him per se, but every we're more vigilant and those things and he and those states have been flipped and the county, you know, all these things are happening. But um we were I feel like we were warned um quite a bit that this was not going to be over the same night. I think it was just people like me and you know, a bunch of us who were just hoping that if we could blow it out, the yeah. fact, the fact that there was this, this idea of it being inconclusive would be looming. But if we, if there was a blowout, there's not a lot you can do, but I think it's not, a, I think we're winning. Um, and I say we maybe, maybe just me, but cause I am a, a Biden supporter, but um, I think, I think we're winning. I just think we do have to, you know, I think we're it sucks just having to wait it out. It's yeah. it's just weird. What's like the thing is is part of the drinking uh, the whiskey. I see that he's probably going to win, but here here's the things that are bumming him out. First of all, you still have Don't seventy so. right. seventy million assholes who voted for this right. guy. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. I there's no there's no excuse for voting for Trump anymore. I like like after it, the last yeah. four years, there's no excuse for because of the behavior and and because he had he doesn't respect democracy and he's made it very very clear i it it's not the conservative stuff i get fine well that's a different topic i'm talking about a single person here that should have lost respect by the american people instead what he's done is he's emboldened the middle school bullies that still exist in adulthood that's all he's really done it's it's messed up and if they you know the republicans keep the senate which it looks like they're going to the the you we for, you know, the memories of Americans just aren't very good. They've proven that, right? So Biden will get in, right? They'll have the House. If they don't have the Senate, they can't get anything done. And there's going to be people going, I thought the Democrat was going to do stuff. They didn't do nothing. Yeah, they can't do anything without the Senate. It's just going, and that's that's a bummer because that's going to push back actual progressive candidates for even further generations. And and that's that's what's bugging me about that. And then the next well, thing, oh, sorry. You want to say? You want to say oh, something? I was going to say, well, one, I think that, Everybody, everybody, African American and all allies, all down their timeline, all of our timelines yesterday was no matter how it turns out, we really are very clear about the level of racist and racism in America. So that so everybody spent the day all over social media, particularly stung about that. I think the other thing to look at too is we have had this is probably, I know in my lifetime, and we were talking about this last night, this is the largest voter turnout that I've ever seen. I feel like these are the 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 level of whether, you, whether they're conservatives, whether they're white supremacists or whatever they are, these are the largest numbers we've ever seen on either side. And certainly I don't think, honestly, in the past, I would venture to say this and um, and we'd ha I'd have to look it up. I, I definitely don't think that white supremacists and conservatives have been out in numbers and activated like this. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I really, really don't because like they just, these numbers just have not been here. Um, but yeah, every, everybody spent the last 24 hours like I'm getting texts from, you know, my ally friends, 
um, who were just like, I can't believe it. And my girlfriend said, she says, I know you've lived with this all your life, but she's like, I just cannot believe it. And I was like, I said, I'll be honest with you. I have lived with it my whole life. I said, but it was still a little bit stunning because yeah. you, you, you know, one thinks that in 2020, in a, in a, a 20 years into a, a new millennium, that it, we couldn't be this far back, you know, but I mean, but I say this as far as I wanted to say this before I drop, um, we still have a chance at the Senate. You guys know that Raphael Warnock has gone to a runoff in Georgia. And I personally, as somebody that has like put money in that campaign quite a bit from the time that he announced and I'm continuing, like they hit me, they texted me this morning, like, will you be a founding member of the runoff campaign for, you know, you know how these texts are, they're very dramatic. So I was like, yes, Act Blue already has my information. You know, let's go. Well, I mean, if, if, if the Senate gets one blue, if the House is one blue and Biden wins it, it's not over. I think everybody that's that is left or liberal, um, they have to go. Okay, now we're going to hold you to the fire. You got to actually do stuff with the next couple of years before we have a problem in the midterms. Because um, there's a possible problem in the midterms, right? Um, one of the I, I don't know if this is going to continue. The amount of voting numbers we've seen is is awesome. This is a lot of people that have voted this time. Are we going to see that in the midterms? Where unfortunately. Democrats usually get their butt handed to them because they can't usually get a lot of people to go out to vote. That that's, but I think that's up to us. Yeah. Like I think I think we can do. You know, like here's the thing. I I definitely hear you, Dan, and I hear people who like you. Like there's the people are continuing to ask these questions, but I think it's the same thing as always is. Like what is each and every person doing to if if you believe or support something one way or another, what role are any of us individually playing to see that that's different? But you know what? There's yeah. so much freaking self-hate. To tell you the truth, mm -hmm. I, my family, not all of them, but a, a couple um, have voted for Trump. They have no financial reason to be voting for mm -hmm. Trump. And they're like, we need that wall built. Um, I'm like, dude, your mom came here illegally. The bitch crossed the fucking border. Uh, she, there was another family member I had whose mother was a coyote. Coyote? Yeah, she was a coyote. She illegally came here, and then she became a coyote. And she was helping other families. Like, she made made it her mission to help other women cross safely. So I'm like, what is wrong with you? Had it not been for your mother or your parents, you would not be here. What is with the self-hate? And that pisses me off, the hypocrisy of it all. And a majority, like my family, um, my mom's side and my dad's side fled both their countries because of the Salvadorian War. They didn't have an option. It was either they were going to have to be forced into the militia or their local army. There mm. was no option. You're going to die regardless. Mm. Very similar to what's kind That's of hap well, to what's happening in Armenia right now. You don't have an option. You're at age. You're joining. That's it. So they fled for their lives, and they were killing civilians and they were killing kids. My grandma sent my my mom and my uncles out here, so they had the actual ability to live. Amen. So, I, um, yeah. I do want to address uh, Nick's last comment that he's had there, and everybody else, come on, tell us what you think. But because um, I do have an answer for you, Nick, uh, on this last comment, uh, Stefan. Yes, sir. Uh, you got it. <laughs> this is someone that starts with seriously, because mm -hmm. because there's a there's a thing to this. 
Right. It's um, like, yeah, it, 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 it has changed. You have to watch the popular vote and watch the individual vote counts of the of the states. What we're waiting for is the final votes in a lot of those states. They they're still counting all of them, so they don't they haven't given their electorates yet to either candidate. But if you actually watch the popular vote, it has changed over time. Um, if you watch that last column right there that we have up on the screen, uh, that one does change over time. And then also, Georgia is boom dead heat right now which we love which we love Stefan. i you let me you can you yielded to me what were you going to say a few minutes ago you were oh no i was just going to say i found it interesting that donald trump came out to do a speech uh with <laughs> how bad he was losing to let everybody know that he was going to lawyer up i just think that's ridiculous because he's a bad loser yeah that part he's, we, yeah. we did know that part's the only part that <laughs> like I, I, I want to be surprised, but like that part, yeah. We, you know, we were duly warned that he was going to be a bad. He's player. been luring up, and he keeps losing in court. <laughs> I mean, and he, he basically, like I said, he's the middle school bully who came. Well, the guy who hangs out next to the middle school bully and goes, "Get him!" Um, he, he's that guy, and he's come <laughs> out and he's made all the middle school bullies go, "Yeah, one of us!" And then that's emboldened him to be more of an asshole. So he's even worse than when he started. That's just, you know, and hopefully he loses because it's not going to get better if he wins. <laughs> he reminds me of Mr. Burns, but who would be Skinner? <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Burns is um, um, eloquent and intelligent. Uh, he's, a, he's evil. They got that in common, but he, Mr. Burns actually knows how to speak. So <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I think that's what, that someone was saying, like, oh, Trump's new Hitler. He goes, no, Hitler knew how to speak. Um, you know, they're they're evil, but Hitler had a, had more of a brain. He was an evil genius. Trump is just a, a lucky, uh, you know, asshole. So. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let me uh, move this. There All right, so go. you guys, um, we are excited. I can't even believe it's already 830. So, like, it's like we have, it oh, my time. God. Like it is time we have someone so special tonight. Like it's hard to contain because like I'm not only like someone who I'm a fan. Like that's let me just say that uh, I'm a huge, huge fan and just think that, you know, there's there's a, a ton of stuff we can say in terms of her writing, her comedy, just from the first time. And I can just say, I don't, again, I speak more personally from the first time I ever saw her do comedy. I was like, she's magic, total magic because she's she speaks to all of the truths. Obviously we're in, you know, we're in this amazing conversation. So I'm, I am holding my breath to definitely hear what, you know, what Ada Rodriguez, woo, the great, yes. um, you've seen her on Netflix. You've seen her, excuse my French fucking everywhere. Um, and still someone so a, a comedian, so in touch with the people, so connected um, and just like spitting fire. She, her podcast truth serum, you know, see her on YouTube. We're going to be putting up all her stuff in just a second. But we want to welcome, and I and also just a big shout out because she's coming in here. I had the blessing of, of having her on a previous iteration of a radio show. So having to be able to talk to her again with this esteemed panel, we want to welcome Ada Rodriguez to the panel. Hey. Hey. How's it going? So, record that intro and travel with that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. I uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. I I am the people. So I come from <laughs> I come from poor, hardworking people. So I am the people. 
Amen. 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 Well, we, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I want to jump right in. What were your thoughts election night? Like what, when you saw all the, the get down and, you know, there's more questions, but what were your initial thoughts? Um, you know, when I, I was on, uh, on air all day, cause I, I was on Sirius I, and I was on the Young Turks. I was doing, um, coverage of, I did like a two hour live, um, on truth serum with, Benjamin Crump and, um, and a bunch of people came on and we actually unpacked the election. You know, I um, I wish Americans, I mean, Donald Trump has created, he is just, oh, I'm speechless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so much to unpack here. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is a reflection of the ugliness that has been America for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to scapegoat him because he's unlikable. But the truth is, is that millions of people aligned themselves with him on November 3rd to make a mess, to, to, to deliver the message to the rest of us that they don't give a shit about us. Right. So, when uh, when we talk about Donald Trump, I like to make sure that we don't get so caught up with Donald Trump because Donald Trump is being enabled by a system that is not only because we, we can talk about white supremacy, but we can't talk about this without talking about capitalism. Right. So right. Yeah. It's so profitable for so many of these politicians. I mean, Uber and Lyft wrote a law. They wrote, why are they in the conversation of writing laws? A proposition 22 in California was written and funded by Uber. So, and, and Lyft and all these corporations. So I, I just think that we need to address the systems because we get so caught up with these people. You know, he's a megalomaniac. He's not very intelligent, which, you know, his cousin or his niece, let us know. They paid for the test. It's not. Um, it's not hard to to know that he's not that smart, right? You know, he's making <laughs> about his having his cognitive his cognitive test. I mean, we've seen him lie over and over again, so we know that he's not uh, a moral guy. But you know, the truth is, is that many of them aren't on both sides. Right. And, you know, we so caught up on. You know, the GOP is really broken. It's fractured. And so is the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. And I think the corruption has corroded both sides so bad that people were desperate that they didn't want to vote or they were writing in the names of the people that they wish could run. They were voting for Kanye West. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that... Um, you know, and so during the election, I made sure I had a I had a, a moment with myself before the election to remind myself not to let the election mean so much to me. Mm -hmm. Because on uh, next week, when they know who the president is or however long it takes, America will not drastically change. Right. To a magical country that's going to be um, kind to those children that are missing from those cages. Right. To the Muslim Americans in this country and to the immigrants that come here from all over the world, because they, they like to give immigration a brown face as if the only people that come here come from Central America. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that they come from all over the world. They come 
the, you know, Eastern Europeans come here and commit crimes. You know, Asian Americans come, um, Asian people come here and commit crimes. People come here from all over the world. So immigration is not just, uh, uh, you know, an exclusively uh, a Latinx uh, issue. So I just want us to remember that th this whole, these last 12 years of politics has just really been a revealer of what America has been for such a long time unchecked. And I think that it needs to break so that we can start rebuilding it. And, and this is our dark ages. And mm -hmm. no matter who Donald Trump thinks he's fooling, he will go down in history as one of the worst presidents ever because dumb people don't write history books. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I think you're, you're totally right there. I mean, the problem started before him. Um, I know it, it is on both sides, but the GOP has tried very hard to cultivate a stupid and superstitious base. And when I say superstitious, I mean people that still believe in trickle down. Yeah. And, and, and people that believe that Jesus was a hardcore capitalist, like that's okay. So, so even if you're not religious, you might've read the Bible a little bit. That's not what Jesus was preaching. He wasn't preaching this predatory capitalism shit, you know, like, <laughs> no, cause he, he was a capitalist, but not an immigrant. And that's, and so if you read the Bible, then you would know I've read it. I grew up in a religious household. And, you know, it's funny because one of the, the scriptures that scared me away from ch the church was better you not be born than to mislead my sheep. And that that's really harsh. Like God is saying to you, you have, you you were you, you are better off being an abortion than to misdirect my people. And so when I see these evangelicals talking about Donald Trump in that way, because they're they're you know, they are fanatical about this. Um, it's just really interesting to me what parts of the Bible they've decided to honor. Right. It's not it's not really in the message. The whole message of the Bible is love your neighbor the way right. you love God. Mm -hmm. God above all, all other things. But they not. They're like, nah, that's not this is we hate gays, black people should be slaves, women should be subordinate. Like that's what they choose to to receive and 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 listen, the biggest problem that we had in this election, and I, I will I will go toe to toe with anybody, is that the fans showed up more than the constituents did. This with this cult of personality, this this uh, celebrity worship that we have in this country is become part of the dumbing down of America. Americans are so, you know, while the, the, the election is trending, so is Kendall Jenner's party. And you see these people talking about their political group, like they're talking about the Red Sox and the Yankees. And that is a really big problem. I mean, you know, Eaton Cohen and, and Mike Judge wrote a movie called Idiocracy years ago. Yeah. We were just talking about it last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> here, we are. here we are. Reality star is the president of the free world. And it's it, we're so consumed with fast food and reality television that we don't realize that while we're having these dumb fights on Facebook and Twitter, they are actually putting into effect laws and 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 you know initiatives that are even more oppressive to the people right so, and, and his followers are like he could just say look over there that's a turtle and it's a kangaroo and they'll all go yeah that's a turtle now yeah no, like, they, they <laughs> i have a question on their own agenda they want to they want to believe i'm sorry sorry go 
they want to believe. So that they're, they're at the point of, you know, with, when you're in a cult, you you know that you're not, you don't hear the truth, but you have to figure out a way to rationalize it. So right. that's that they're at that point now where when they hear a lie, they and they know it's a lie, but they have to figure out a way to justify that lie in their head because they've reached the point of surrender. And that that's what you're dealing with. I still yeah. don't get how they justified cheat on every wife and hire hookers and prostitutes as because being Christian. Like I, I don't get how people justify that as being religious. Like Well, no, it's because the people the religious people voting for them are the most sanctimonious of the religious, the people that do cheat on their wives, the people that do do this stuff and then show up at church go, I don't do anything bad. <laughs> well they also are they they feel like they're absolved of their sins because they ask for forgiveness. So they can do what they want. But the, the the you know one of the underlying things of that is that um, you know systemic oppression mm -hmm. and patriarchy are, have always been married to religion. Yep. And so all of those go hand in hand. And so you have the books that tell you that women are you know women are are second class citizens and they're objects. And the purpose of a woman is to procreate you. And to keep your legacy, all of that is all connected. Now, it's something that became big during this election. Um, I'm, I'm sure you heard and everybody saw, and you probably got a chance to talk to the whole Ice Cube, um, you know, the interesting matters there. But to the idea that we have these, these individual, in this country, minority communities, because I also saw a piece where the LGBTQ plus community, you know, sat down with Biden and then somebody was like, well, African, but like as someone who's Latin X, do you feel like that's how we need to approach this always that this community needs to come in with their plan and this community needs to come in with their plan. And then this community gets their plan. Like, what do you think of that? Like, do you think that that's how we need to run this or that that's how we should be like kind of uh, trying to get our agendas forward? Well, you know, it's a complicated thing because all the agendas that go forward, none of them get addressed. <laughs> true, true, true. You can all stand in line and whatever group, you know, the the the, the complexities of uh, of that is that you know when you talk about black people, for example, mm -hmm. there's intersectionality, right? So then you're talking about black people who are also Latinos. There are black people that come from the Caribbean, black people that come from Africa, and they have different journeys and different histories, right? So right. when you talk about reparations yeah. and you're talking about the descendants of the slaves of, in America, which there's the ADOS group, right. and, and rightfully, you know, they they the grievances and, and the demands of that community is very, very important and should be prioritized because the truth is, is that if you know, if Black American people in this country received the monies for all of the labor that their ancestors did, they'd be the richest people on the planet because 400 years of free labor is a lot, a lot of money right. in a capitalistic, you know, environment. And the truth is that those people are still mad, big mad, that that labor is still not available. And when right. you, you have such a resistance, then you bring in an immigrant uh, immigration population of people who come and maintain the, all the work that those slaves did for also minimal wages. And they, they, they mine the crops, they keep the food on people's tables. And, you know, you get to, you get this free labor because it's what, 11 million people plus? Mm -hmm. Our, the, the infrastructure of America would collapse if 
all uh, if all immigrants left. If, if, if undocumented immigrants who do so much work here, as you saw in California, when the undocumented people were deported, they, they, those signs that said um, farmers for Trump turned into we need food because the, the white people who said that the immigrants were trying to steal the jobs don't want to go out there and mine those crops. So it's it's a real big problem. So in terms of communities going forward and asking for, um, yeah, there have to be se several agendas in this country because marginalized people are, are show up to work every day and yep. they pay taxes. And there are citizens of this country who are being treated as second-class citizens, but are doing all the things that uh, American citizens are supposed to be doing. And even with undocumented immigrants who still pay taxes and still don't reap any of the benefits of what is of, of citizenship of this country. Um, but I think that the greater issue right now is we the GOP is so corrupt and it is so um, corroded that they are they will double down in solidarity to maintain absolute power. And if they do that, if they manage to do that, all of those agendas go out of the window. So I yep. think it's really important for all people to that are that are fighting for democracy because you know historically it, it, our, our time is up right democracy is only last but so long so i think it's important for all hands to be on deck right now poor white people you know because poor white people have been deluded into believing that the one privilege that they have over everybody else is their whiteness right. mm -hmm. yes you know they're struggling they're struggling right. in okay. the country they don't have the jobs that they were promised they're not, they're in debt. If they do manage to get their kids off to education, healthcare is a shit show. So we all need to get yeah. together. Everybody needs to, if you really want to fight for America, all hands need to be on deck. And white people have to be willing to put down their privilege to create equity for others in this country. if we are to really move forward, because if not, we're going to be in this perpetual cycle forever. And right. it'll, it'll be highs and lows every time. And that's part of why I asked you, because like, I feel like I, I get it. I've obviously been black all my life, but I was just like, at a point, some of this is it, literally, cause I was, my eyes were on the ice cube to some extent. I was like, this is just a distraction. Like for me yeah. at the end of the day, like I can continue to be having my concerns, but I'm about to lay my concerns down because I'm writing postcards to South Carolina. I'm writing postcards trying to get these folks all over the country to do whatever because that's what we need. Like we just need all hands on deck. And that's exactly why I asked question because at a certain point I'm like, yeah, but this isn't at this moment, it's not the place or the time. Let's get let's get somebody elected and then let's go in and hold feet to the fire. Um Clyburn, who is the what is it, the, the majority whip in the house, you know, he's um, was talking to Charlemagne the God about what he's expecting in the first, he said not 100 days, but the first 100 hours. And I was like, and that's that's the conversation, to me, those are the conversations we've got to have. We've got to start. I mean, I know he was talking about Crime Bill 94 and Crime Bill 86, because that's where mandatory minimums came from. But it's that thing, like every, it's got to be across the board, everybody ready to hold leadership accountable for systemic change so that we're not in repeat cycles. Yeah, but also we have to take into consideration the backlash Biden is going to get from the Republican side because if Biden wins, he's inheriting a mess just like Obama did. Mm -hmm. And they yep. blamed Obama for it. 
In reality, oh, that's what they do. Bad. They inherit the mess. They clean up after it. Sometimes they don't make it any better, but they stop it. Like Obama stopped the plane from crashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I give them that credit. Th- things didn't seem to go better after that because by the time he stopped the plane from crashing, they had won enough. I think it was the Senate or something to block him the rest of his presidency. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, they do that. They clean up after the the last uh, the last mess that Republicans make. They're the ones who actually fix in the last uh, several decades. They fix the actual deficit. They fi- well, not perfectly, but they fix the debt as well as they can, as well as you know, yeah. available. They get yeah. a surplus going at times, like Clinton did, and then like it's like the next guy comes in, he goes, "Well, uh, my buddies don't want to pay for stuff anymore." Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing you were saying, though, that I really wanted to address, because I think it's important for us to have this conversation in terms of I ain't talking to anybody who comes into the game on the ninth inning. Right. I'm not having that conversation with anybody because right. there, there were plenty of candidates on the stage and nobody was saying anything. And the other thing that I want to say when we talk about these privileged celebrities who are stepping into the realm of politics is because politics and activism has gone mainstream and it is very, very profitable. So when you talk about people who've lost their relevance in their own fields, whether it be rap, actors, you know, James Woods, all of these people that you see now speaking and stepping into the political realm, it's because the president of the United States sells merch because it is so profitable to be an activist. It's so profitable to be political. And that's why you see so many actors stepping into this realm and comedians and whatever. And so so when you see these people and they 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 receive all of this attention and you see the see them trending on Twitter, you better believe that they're making money. And so they are pimping the American people just like the politicians are. Mm-hmm. And it, for someone like me who's been doing this my whole life because I've been I've been doing, you know, I've been I, I, I started my first nonprofit anti-drug organization when I was 14 years old in the ghetto of Miami where I was going. I've been, this has been my this is what's held me back in my entertainment career because I don't want it if I can't if I can't use my platform to help the world be better for my people and and mel- the melanated people of the world. Mm-hmm. I, you, you have to see how everybody is just trying to, to step in. You see these actresses. And and the sad part about it is, is as soon as they get a job, they go right back to their fields and they, right. they don't do anything for the people. Right. Yeah. That's why I, I, you can miss me with all of that. Like, yeah. I, I don't, you know, and if you have a plan, I want to hear, I want to see the plan. And where did you, where did you decide that these were, you know, the components of the plan? Who did you consult with? Because right. there are people who do this work all day long, every day. And for the past 30, 40, 50 years, been doing this work. You know, the uh, Congressional Black Caucus came to be in 1971, you know, and then we, and the, the, um, uh, the amendment for the right to vote, you know, 65. And so I'm just saying there are people that's been at this a long, long time. And for you to, you know, I was just very, I just was, I was like, how are you even moving? Like, wh- what are you even saying right now? Like, this is, oh my God. I was gonna like, Goya pissed the, me off. Who? Goya. Oh, so Goya did you say the Goyam pissed you off? Oh, wait, no, you didn't say that. Okay. But you know what? Goya is so funny because you were, you're, you said your family's from El Salvador. Yeah, I'm uh, Salvadorian and Guatemalan. Oh, so, okay. So the funny thing is that, so you're Latina, right? I'm Latina. 
But the people who own Goya are Hispanic, right? Which means they're from Spain and Spain is our colonizers. Mm -hmm. And so they always, they always- Yeah, them. we are. Yeah, you know, they <laughs> themselves into the conversations of Latinidad. And, um, and like, like you look at these, uh, some of these streaming platforms and they'll say, for Hispanic for Latin Hispanic Heritage Month, they'll they'll show you all these shows, and they're they're Spaniards, and it's like the truth of it is is that they're just white European people. They're not Latinos. Their journey is not the same as our journey because they are the colonizers. So when you hear Goya, who's been capitalizing off dollars from our people for so long, because we don't even know what the alternative to Goya is. Goya has become such a staple. It's a corporation, a multi-million dollar corporation. It went to the White House to do what all the corporations have been doing is to pick up a check and to pick up opportunities and, and to have uh, politicians in their pockets, I'm sorry, to drop off a check and to have the politicians, you know, do the things that they need that are favorable to their corporations. So what Goya was doing, what Goya does is pimping Latinos because that's what they've been doing. I really hope it burns them though, because note to self, white people don't season their food, and that is what Goya primarily does. So take yourself well, I, I, to, I your, do. to, your, to Alabama. Good luck. I'm also a, a different type of Spaniard. Like if they were saying, "Hey, we're going over on the boats to go colonize something," I go, "But we have siestas here. Why are you leaving?" <laughs> well, that's like the uh, what Black Jeopardy when uh, what is it? Chadwick Boseman says uh, they don't season their potato salad. <laughs> they will have no seasoning. Um, as we talk, you know, and I love learning, and I just actually learned a whole lot just in the last five minutes, even more. You know, um, I was reading your BuzzFeed piece, um, uh, Ada, just about you know the representation of you know, and I just thought it was a very powerful piece because even though I know we have a matter truly, truly at hand, I think part of the part of me read it, and I was like, okay, well. As a black person, we're mad about all the same things. We're all mad about the lack of dimension. We're mad about and I and and what you articulated around that it in the end it hurts us more because you are shaping a certain type of impression to larger masses who are responding to this. You know, yeah. if you could talk a little bit more about it for everybody who's here and maybe you know hasn't read it, um, you know, I'd love to just kind of hear more about what inspired you to write it or you know just you know and and. You know, um, I think about um, the the truth of uh, media and how it, it impacts us because you'll you know the talking point, this big talking point with the GOP is about Hollywood people are all elitists and you know pedophiles. That's the because the the pedophilia and the uh, what is it the pedophilia and it was something else that's the Benghazi and the emails of this election, right? Right. <laughs> they they out there they hang on to because you ask them. We do want to bring in a mutual, uh, a friend. Mm -hmm. It's time to bring in a friend. So we're going to bring in Mark Brazil. But hold your place, hold your place, hold your place, Ada. Don't forget where you were. <laughs> Welcome, Mark. Welcome, Mark. Welcome. Hey, Mark. You're uh, muted at the moment, it appears. There we go. Thanks. No, he's good. We got him. You're good. All we can right. hear you now. Thank What's you. Stacy, by the way, I'm from Buffalo, New York. We eat <laughs> hot food. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He's like, I seasoned my chicken. Okay, get it right. Yeah. I Mark, 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 you know, you know what I say to you all the time. You're not like the rest of them. 
<laughs> you did. I'm proud to say I'm one of the good ones. You are. <laughs> oh man. Um, are you still banned on Facebook? No, I was. By the way, I'm proud to say that Twitter and Facebook banned me for three days leading up to the election, probably because I just kept losing my shit. And uh, the reason I got banned from Twitter was because I made a joke where I showed a trash can because of the Orange County thing where they're putting out fake ballot boxes. I said, I showed a picture of a trash can and I go, attention Republicans, this is your ballot box receptacle. (laughs) (laughs) Vote November 4th, you know? (laughs) I can tell you it's false information. And I'm like, you are the most humorless fuck in the world, Jack. (laughs) Wait, wait, you get banned, but Trump gets to put false information up. That's bullshit. Like everything he puts up is false or just really... His anger is is um, cringy. I guess is the right word. Well, Donald Trump Jr. didn't get banned when he photoshopped Ice Cube and Fifty Cent with the damn MAGA hats. Like, what the hell? That gets you. That gets you banned, but it won't get him banned. I'm literally surprised there wasn't a drive-by over that. You know, if you put a MAGA hat on me, oh my god. How much? How much money do you think he has in Twitter? Right. Well, that's the other thing too. It's like, what's going to happen to Twitter when that asshole's gone? And really, what's going to happen to Facebook and Twitter when this is over? Because it's honestly, it's become such a toxic shithole, both of them. And they yeah. completely sold out our democracy, and they have. And, you know, the first time, you know, as I realized I was on Facebook, I said, you know, normally you'd have to get jury duty to know what kind of racist, moronic assholes live in your neighborhood. Because yeah. you just weren't exposed to them before, you know? And that's why, you know, oh, my God. And I, I even said, you know, I'm really only on Facebook and Twitter to block people. Yeah. <laughs> my greatest joy. Like, yeah, I agree was- with you. And here's why. You know, white people have also clicked. Fuck off. You know, I'm just, I don't care. I'm like, yeah, you're disturbing my bubble. Therefore, vanish. Vanish from my bubble. <laughs> Well, then we were talking about that last night with Ed, where um, like it, there's people that put up that post. Who can say that they haven't blocked people for having different views? And I'm like, I block people for having abhorrent views all the time that ruin my day. I'm not gonna keep them around. Fuck them. They're toxic as shit. Everything <laughs> they, they want to normalize, uh, normalize fucked up shit that they believe about. If your beliefs are rooted in my oppression, then I have the right to see you, show you to the door. Right. Thing, like these motherfuckers don't think that they act like as they say in the south they act like fat meat ain't greasy right that is what we say yeah it's just strange to be like on the side of what you don't like working 60 hours a week with slowly diminishing wages in a country that's getting more expensive yeah. what's wrong with you well, the problem with you know that's the other thing these uh these the issues that the when you go through 22, 24, 26, when you see that many commercials on TV for yep. anything, yep. you know, the, the teachers union, you know, they didn't get their person on the council. Um, and uh, Uber and Lyft, when you see paid for by Uber and Lyft, vote against it. That's all you have to know. When you see that many ads being funded by that much big money to fuck over workers, to fuck over people that pay rent, L.A. is like liberal in the same way that Barbara Streisand's liberal. I'm super liberal. Just don't cut down the side of my house. 
Right. So somebody gave me information. I'm not going to say who because I can get him in trouble. But uh, Uber was claiming to one of their um, rental companies. Okay, I'm going to keep it as like brief as possible. Rental companies that they could not pay their, uh, their they couldn't pay anymore their invoices because they claimed that they were falling close to bankruptcy. Now, mind you, this was probably about a month ago. They put $300 million into this proposition campaign, but claim they can't pay their invoices. So I personally feel that, I hate this comparison. I'm sure people are going to completely say that you're dumb or something. They're going to call me dumb. Um, it reminds me of field workers. I feel that people are going to get treated like field workers with this proposition after it has passed because you're getting paid little money, no benefits. I, they claim they're going to pay benefits, but I highly doubt they're not. They're no. going to do that. They're not going to. And yeah, no. it's like <laughs> a field worker getting paid cash, but getting paid so little in order to just have these jobs available. Like I, I, I was really surprised that drivers were willing to take the liability. If they get sued, they're on their own. Uber just clearly. They were ill-informed, though. That the thing is, just like the language was complicated, right? In the proposition itself, like they were, they were misinformed. So those people did, did not know. A lot of those uh, drivers didn't know. They thought they were voting in their best interest. Interest. Mm -hmm. And you see the commercials where all the commercials were black people, brown people. Like they were, they specifically targeted a group of people. Like, and then you're like, oh, people are. I mean, people arguing on Facebook saying, well, you don't care about the drivers if you vote no. And so that they, you know, they were really, really, they put a lot of money into that. Yeah. Well, by the way, here's the shittiest part of capitalism. That 300 million they spent on their fucking ads could have gone to their workers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. Just like the the Amazon warehouse workers, Jeff Bezos makes 4 billion more in the first three months of COVID. And uh, does he trickle it down? No, because trickle down is a fucking lie. <laughs> I, have a, I have a theory about trickle down. Trickle down doesn't exist, you know. Yeah. But you know what does exist? Trickle up. Yeah. Trickle, trickle yeah. up violence. If you get to a point where you're like, I can't afford health insurance for my kids. I can't pay for new tires on my car. I can't. Fuck it. You know, honestly, it's like I know a lot of looting happens because there's a lot of kids named Chad who want new nikes from the west side but also sometimes i was here for the rodney king thing <clears throat> a lot of times it's the only answer to a really disastrous problem where you just feel like you're back in the corner you have nothing to lose right. yeah. you know they don't understand that kind of anger and frustration and need They're, they don't understand it and you you know ida and i talk all the time about you either know what government cheese tastes like or you don't yeah you know, well, you know what? Uh, protesters for the Armenia, uh, the ones that are, are trying to, you know, get funding for Armenia to, to protect them and save them because there's a war still going on. They learned that the hard way. They were always openly out, a good chunk of them, but not all of them, were openly outspoken against the protest during the BLM, a BLM moment, movement, right. but they found out that all their peaceful protesting wasn't garnering media attention. It wasn't right. until they started damaging some things in order to get media coverage. And it's a really sad thing. You can be as peaceful as you want, but unless you're causing some type of 
Havoc or anything like that, nobody's going to cover it. Well, what, what I do wish, though, is that 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 the the rioting, the energy for rioting, though, instead of like sometimes going to mom and pop shops and stuff, I wish what they did is they go, well, where's the representative that's voting for the shit we don't like? Where's his house? <laughs> Let, let's go there. Roll up the guillotine now. We don't have to use it. You just got to roll it to the front yard. Well, yeah. <laughs> Those are just dummies. Those are dummies. It's like that girl that spit in the cop's face over the weekend in New York. She didn't have to do that. There was no need to. What was she even protesting about? The results haven't even come in. I mean, there were protests here in L.A. last night, but they were peaceful. I, I At some point, it did get a little rowdy in reference to police and sirens, but they were peaceful, and it was over the proposition results because those came in already. Well, I mean, but, I don't I don't ever want to get into the, um, into the space where I'm gla- uh, glorifying peaceful protesting because I think that People of color and marginalized people always peacefully protest and they absolutely get nothing out of it. And I think it's very interesting that the people who took everything by force turned around and told you, you have a right to a peaceful protest. A country that is built on rioting and looting, fucking the Boston Tea Party, the fucking Trail of Tears, that shit was brutal. That shit was not peaceful. So. You know, I just think it's important that we watch the language because I think a lot of people are always policing us and telling us how how we're supposed to express our rage and our frustration. And when you're talking about people who are in communities where the police beats them up all the time, they're not fucking seen as human beings. The resources are not there. Schools are shit. You know, they're being uh, unjustly policed. What do you think is going to happen? Like, and so... What, what do you think is going to happen? It is the voice. What did Martin Luther King said? Writing is the language of the unheard. Yeah. I mean, but you know that that's just the that's just one of the greatest mindfucks of the United States of America is that after they raped and pillaged and mm-hmm. stole from the natives, and then they stole black people from Africa, brought them here, beat them, raped them, took tore their teeth out of their mouths. They did it to Asian people here. They put them in concentration camps. They've been doing this shit to people forever. And then they turn around and say, oh, look how violent you are. We learned it from you, motherfucker. We learned it from you. If, and and then when you call it out, they'll say like, uh, they say Right. There was there's a great clip. Everybody's probably seen it. It's pretty old. Um, During Farrakhan's heyday, he's sitting on Donahue and he's talking about, you know, exactly what you just said, Ada. But then there's a white woman who gets up and she says, well, that sounds like violence to me. And he goes, but you're thinking about, he said, but I think all of you are thinking about how you think. You're not looking at it from the point of view of the person who is actually oppressed. You think it sounds violent because you are violent, not because it is violent for us to think this way. And so, I mean, and it's just true. It's a mind fuck. I was telling everybody that uh, the Supreme Court actually struck down a decision by the Louisiana Supreme Court because a police officer in Baton Rouge was hit by a rock during the Alton Sterling protest mm-hmm. and he, um, uh, damage to an eye. I think there was brain damage, definitely damage to a jaw. And they are, they sued BLM and D- Derek Thiessen there in Louisiana and the Louisiana Supreme Court upheld the decision for them to sue. And the Supreme Court of the United States actually struck it down saying that you cannot uh, sue a social organization, which BLM is considered, but ultimately, you already police officers believe in a system where people can be hurt and no one has to be accountable. You want someone to pay 
for what happened to you, but you have already agreed that it is okay for people to be killed, hurt, lives to be changed, and for no one to be accountable. And now you're- You know what, furthermore than that, Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this bullshit rhetoric from about cops that it is my job to make it home safely. No, motherfucker, it is your job for me to make it home. <laughs> it's not your job to make this whole idea that we are supposed to be protecting the police is bullshit. What happens if you get busted upside the fucking head with a rock while you're on the job? That is part of the job. That is part of the job of being a cop. And mm -hmm. it, this whole idea that they're supposed to be protected. No, you're supposed to be doing the protecting. And guess what? Sometimes you don't come home. Sometimes yeah. you get shot. You don't ever hear soldiers saying that shit. My job is to get back to America safely. No, because they've been brainwashed that their job is to go out and do whatever they need to do to mm -hmm. uphold whatever the American people, whatever the American government bullshit is in in other people's countries. So why is it that we do that with police officers? We, why are we sitting here saying, well, he got busted with a rock and you think you can sue because right. you were doing your job and you got hurt on the job? And that's part of your job? That's part. It was insane. <laughs> like I said, it was insane. I thought it was an interesting day um, for a very conservative Supreme Court to actually side with, I'm not going to say that they sided with BLM, but they struck a, you know, they struck a decision in BLM's favor. So I was actually very moved by that, but I just kept thinking, but you guys are never accountable for what you do and you're just mad right now. And I hear the thing and I, my heart goes out to whatever is going on with you physically, but you want someone to pay, but no one on your side wants to pay for anything or be accountable for any fucking thing that you do in these streets. Here's the problem, but when you talk about peaceful protesting, because everybody refers to Gandhi. Well, Gandhi wasn't in a country where the entire police force was militarized because of a 20-year war where they just kept selling tanks to the local cops. Yes. So peacefully protesting in this country, with it's they are such psychopaths. Talk about wearing masks and shields and everything. It's like, well, gee, are you expecting trouble? Yeah. Come on. yeah. Well, why, why, why are the people who are going to hit with the heat? Right. Yeah. 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 Like, why? Why are those people we were planning to hit with the heat ray uh, throwing rocks at us? I don't understand their logic. Yeah. I feel bad for the cop. That sounds like a horrible injury. What about that? Uh, the incident that you were talking about. Remember, Dan, yesterday with the cops pulling over to pull out the pallet of bricks. Well, I mean, that's that's the whole thing is there was this this whole thing about and it seemed like a conspiracy theory at first about the bricks showing up at protest sites. Right. Mm -hmm. But the only video we actually have of bricks being put somewhere are coming out of a cop car. Yeah. That's it. We don't have a video of a, a car with BLM spray paint on the side because they wouldn't. They're not that dumb, like bringing bricks out or anything mm -hmm. like like that's, that's their retirement plan though you take a brick in the face and you're off you get your pension it's nice that's all you know? <laughs> it's like shooting yourself in the foot to get out of nom <laughs> there's a cop in new york who killed his son right he, i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with but new york a, new york yeah, there's a cop in new york that killed his son that uh was charged with his murder in january the child was unfortunately special needs. I'm assuming he couldn't handle his care anymore. So he had him sleep in below 60 degree temperature in a garage outside, died of hypothermia. He quit the force this week in order not to lose his pension. Wow. He was still 
working. He was still working. He might have been on leave, of course, but yeah, still, still on the job. He was not fired. He was charged there's, for murder in January. There's and hypocrisy. They are so pro-union for cops. No, it's the union, though. They don't. There's no accountability. Ed Namrock has a great comment. Um, if if we could highlight that, um, just you know, bringing it back to the Breonna Taylor. But yes, Mark, just. They are protected by their unions. Um, but he says, let's not forget about the Louisville officer who fatally shot Breonna Taylor and is now suing the boyfriend for emotional distress. Well, let's That's also not forget about the cop that was outside the apartment who couldn't see through the windows. I think there was drapes or something. He had no visibility. Who, once he heard shots, just started shooting into the windows. Hmm. Like, And he has had no punishment. Now, that should get you a punishment for being that reckless. That's, you shouldn't that's, be able to carry a firearm. No, <laughs> but, it, but it's trouble that way. I think. I always uh, tell tell people this story. It happened a couple of years ago. I was leave, living in Virginia briefly for a couple of years. The Hispanics very rare. Um, I had darker hair. Um, now I, I still look pretty Hispanic, but uh, I looked very Hispanic before. And. I was with a friend. I was a passenger in her car. She was driving. She was white. We get pulled over, over a headlight. She had reported her car stolen uh, a couple of days ago. She had recovered and retrieved it. The officer saw me, called for backup, immediately told me to get out of the car, patted me down, handcuffed me, and put me in the back of the cop car. During the entire process, my friend was still in the driver's seat, not at any point moved. Wow. I think that people don't realize that these people are afraid. These cops are afraid of what they don't know. And it does not justify what they do or decide to act on impulse. People are dying because they're afraid of people they're not familiar with. And that's what pisses me off. I was lucky. I was released. I didn't get an apology. My friend got an apology because she was pulled over. Me, nothing. Me in the cop car completely. By the way, handcuffs are not comfortable. They're very, very painful. Um, well, except during date night, they're okay then. <laughs> Did you, did you see the cop, the two cops, they pulled over a white guy. The white guy was completely non-compliant. It went on for like 15 minutes and he finally shot both of them. Right. Right. And I'm like, you're watching it and it's such an embarrassing, hateful, shitty moment to see this white guy who's completely out of control, complete asshole, huge buff guy. And by the time the two cops get out, who I think both cops were white, this guy was white. By the time they get him out of the car, he pulls a gun out from under the seat kills one, shoots them both, kills one of them. And I'm like, oh my God, what could be more glaringly apparent than they just thought, oh, it's just a kid. It's a drunk kid. Well, no, it was a 30 year old white guy with a gun <laughs> on his feet who fucking shot both of them. A misguided uh, youth, boys will be boys. Right, that kind of bullshit happens all the time. And by the way, these judges, these judges that these yep. fucking vultures have put in these courts, if you, you know, yep. Prisons will be a gross fucking industry with these people in charge. I will tell you that. And they all need to be stopped. And the bail thing needs to stop because bail is racism. And they say, well, how come so many uh, people of color are dying from COVID? Why do you fucking think? Because they don't have it as good as you in this country, which is deeply racist and has been 
400 years ago, since its inception. That's why, why is the number so much higher? Because they don't have what fucking white people have. It's just a fact. It's not, it's not personal. You know, it's, math isn't personal. It's just a fact. Right. That's how this country is. And, and I think that, Mark, you and I could do a, you know, we're, we're bearded white guys, uh, you know. Um, I think you and I should do a PSA to poor white guys out there. Hey, you probably should stop voting against universal health care and subsidized college because uh, you're fucked, too. Well, that's what's true. This country is deeply racist, and, and black people don't have it good in this country. But I will say, and the thing that, and Ida and I talk about it, poverty you know, I'll, I'll drop a name. I met with Bernie Sanders. It was amazing. And the first thing he said was until he was just coming back from seeing coal miners in West Virginia. And he said, until Democrats start to give a shit about these poor people who are broke, not black, not white, poor people. Let's just focus on poor yeah. people. If you take race out of that equation, you say poor people in this country are who we need to give a shit about. Seniors, students, veterans. Homeless veterans, until we give a fuck about the least of us and those people, why wouldn't they vote for the fucking con man? Because they really don't feel like they have much to lose. When they don't get help on student debt, I blame both of them. This country is really messed up. The poor people are suffering the most. And the fact that Democrats and Republicans can't get their shit together to give a $1,400 check to the least of us, right? I'll get it, but they need it the most. That they can't do that is astonishing. There's countries in Europe that have paid for this pandemic and we are so bad off and you know i read chris hedges all the time and i know chris hedges tells the truth but i am telling you i think when biden wins and he will win it's going to be a big, big huge hangover because everybody's going to be like what now that's right because right the symptom was trump trump was not the disease he's just the aspect of our disease our, right. disease, our disease is capitalism yes and, all right but we were and we were talking about that mark even um in our opening and i think the thing is every every everybody has to like just go to 2.0 in these weeks that i've been on different zoom conversations i was like as an african-american one thing i've always witnessed about our fights and then our gains and then the cycle that goes back down is that Everybody like, you know, we bolt through the door, we push it open, we, we get this one or two gains and then everybody's like, I'm so exhausted. And then the work stops. But I was like, we either have to A, rev up and get our energy back and be ready to carry it further where it's going to take more heavy lifting or be ready to have prepared a generation, a group, collective, whatever, that we can pass the baton to. But I think that it's where there's this place where we come in and there's just work for us to do as, as people um, in this system as well. It's not since I don't, we're not at fault for what has happened to us, but I believe that it's very key that we say, okay, but how do we, how do we keep the momentum, expand the momentum, reimagine system and really begin to make some things happen and understand the commitment that it may not happen in my lifetime. Like I have a child. I, I pray to have uh, grandchildren. I pray to, to not necessarily live to see my great or great grandchildren, but I want a better world for every generation that would come, you know, from me, just as I knew my own great grandfather. And I, there is the place where we become weary after, like I said, after we make the gain. So there's so many pieces to this very powerful puzzle. And I think the, the focus of, you know, anybody on the ground is then how do I become a piece of the solution and stay activated, stay strengthened, stay motivated, stay up in energy to keep it going. 
whatever, you know, whatever the it is, but to keep it really, really going. I think that's you know, this is Democrats and Republicans right now. What's really interesting about this election is that Republicans won. A lot of them won in the House and the Senate, while Trump is going to lose and Biden's going to win, which tells you something really interesting about what's happening here. They're not signing. They're, first of all, Democrats don't pay progressives. They don't put money into progressives. If there's any other instance where they can pick somebody besides a progressive, they do that. They're going to fuck themselves because mm. progressives are the Tea Party of the future. The Republicans absorbed the Tea Party. It made them stronger. I'm sorry, but the, the DNC and all of them, they push the tea, they push the progressives off. They don't want them. And the fact is, it's their only hope for the future because of the progressives and Bernie or anyone form a second party, they split the left. Right. Republicans will win and win and win for 20 fucking years. So it's like this election was really interesting. Republicans did really good in the Senate and the House, which tells you a lot. So it's basically them shoring up, dumping off nut job McShit given, mm. keeping <laughs> right, right, right. Keeping their place in line. Which Democrats can't do. We we fund Amy McGrath. We had a very progressive, good candidate there, and they go, "Well, he lost by fifteen thousand votes." Of course, because the DNC backed Amy McGrath over a guy who could have beat Mitch McConnell. Mitch, really? Okay. The other thing, somebody brought it up last night, and Ada, you were about to say, I don't want to miss it. Um, a AOC will be thirty-five in four years. In four years, AOC will be of age to run for president. And I and, and I want to shout out Ed Namrock, who you know brought that definitely to my attention last night. And so it, it, it plugs back into what you said because that's that's something that again I love school. There's just it's a school day every day. These are the things that we really have to think about. I, I call myself a card carrying Democrat, but you've given me something to think about. And as I go out, I'm like, okay, well, how do we plug into what Mark said? And Ada, you were about to say, you were about to say. Well, I mean, I agree with Mark. I think that it, it's preposterous that the that being progressive is seen as radical, that the capital, toxic capitalism in this country has indoctrinated the average person to idolize a Jeff Bezos, well, which they will never be probably. Right. Attainable. <laughs> And and not you know and not even realizing I don't mean I don't have conversations about socialism not even with people in my family my stepfather's Cuban um, you know and the whole they're trying to turn this into a socialist country and I'm like this is socialist you dumb fuck it just doesn't benefit you but the socialism is 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 here it and listen you pay taxes that uh, gives these motherfuckers the best health care and their children go to the best schools while you're in debt trying to figure it out for yourself. So you can you can miss me with that whole socialism, communism shit. There's nothing more communistic looking than locked up mailboxes and deployed police that has no identif identification, snatching up and kid kidnapping Americans. You want to talk to me about communism? Then you tell me what resembles China more, Cuba more, Russia more than the way that Donald Trump has been ha behaving. He idolizes um, fucking dictators. He hangs out with them, uh -huh. he goes with them. He said they want me to win. So what yeah. is that he just said today, stop counting the votes. The votes that matter are the ones that were for me. The ones that are not for me are fake. The, the, the media is fake news. They're the enemy of the people. So don't talk to me about communism and tell me that, that uh, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are trying to turn this place into Cuba. No, they're trying to turn this place into fucking Sweden. They're trying to turn this place into 
that's far more uh, progressive. And Democrats are toxic because what they do is they cower. They're cowards. Uh, these Republicans and these GOP people will shit on their mothers to get yes. power. And then Democrats are so running around saying dumb shit like words hurt. So do <laughs> so well, the funniest thing I ever saw was when they go, we need more help from the government. We need a new check. And it was Republicans. Like it said, Republicans, you know, sorry, ain't going to happen. Democrats. Sorry, ain't gonna happen. Uh, rainbow flag, black power sign. And it's, <laughs> the same shit. it's the same shit. You know, I've heard about that fired. Well, you <laughs> have fucking, uh, what's her fucking name? One of the fucking Jenners are Kardashians putting a flower in a gun. It's like, are you, uh, fucking, are you fucking out of your mind? Are uh, you that Coca Cola commercial or something? Coca Cola, Pepsi, Pepsi. Pepsi, that Pepsi, that Pepsi, that Pepsi. That Pepsi. That Pepsi. That Pepsi. That Pepsi. That Kurt Cobain, when the grunge department showed up in Sears, it was over. Grunge was over. You know, when you get co-opted by commercial shit, like I was saying, you know, this commercial shit where they go, so you go, oh, so you're so for uh, you're for civil rights? Yeah, it's really on brand for me. Get the fuck out of here. You fucking poser. And that's my problem with the Democratic Party is that you you see these motherfuckers double down, punch you in your face, and you sit down and say, hashtag, no, we don't fight. We don't fight. We don't have passion. They tone us down. Joe Biden is a fucking Republican in Democrats clothing, and that is why he can win, because he made those racist people and he made those People who racism wasn't a deal breaker for feel comfortable by by making it making them feel like I'm not gonna kick the, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruffle the feathers. We're gonna come in here and we're gonna do this. this at, time and time again, that gets us. Okay, I, yeah, I, I, I just feel like sometimes Americans are like this this abused spouse who goes, "Well, at least you went back to only hitting me in the stomach." Yeah, there, nothing changes. And the, and listen, racism is older than the Democratic and the Republican Party. Yep. And so we sit here and we look towards these parties and think that they're going to make a difference. How? Those systems were built on the back of racism. They are that they are just racism is as American as whatever American is that they didn't steal. So when you tell me that, you know, we're going to sit here and talk about uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to move forward? Uh, Mark and I both agree. A lot of times I don't feel like we really have moved forward just because they removed the shackles and the chains doesn't mean that it's over. Look at the prison system. Yeah. And I've seen it. My family that still lives in El Salvador, all my light skinned family members live in a nice part, have money. All my dark skinned black family members live in huts, live in rock, rock built houses that could collapse at any earthquake were to hit there very easily. That's the world over, by the way. That's like that in India as well. It's yeah. like in every, it's fucking Hotel Rwanda. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable that that, that is like that. And it's, it's absurd, you know? And really it's like, it's, it, I'm not a, I mean, if you got burned, we're all from Africa, as I understand it. If you had light skin, you had to get the fuck out. You were gonna die. 
And so we, we as, a, as a humanity, we spread out into the areas we spread out. And all of a sudden, some people have moved far away are like, man, I think I'm better than those people back home. You know? Yeah. And it's all just ridiculous bullshit. You know, but, but they, they, they use that. When I was a kid, I grew up in New York and I was in gangs and we had black gangs and white gangs and Puerto Rican gangs. And the fact was, and I liked cops better back then because they would beat your ass and they would take your drugs, but they wouldn't arrest you. And I appreciated that. But they did it to all of us because we were all poor, but we didn't realize that we were all in the same boat. You know, we were tribalized. Which was, which is our biggest mistake. Is if, if all of us can't realize that, you know. Oh, by the way, if Hillary had not called them deplorable, had she said those people are stupid cunts, she would have won. Yeah. <laughs> By calling them deplorable, they're like, what does deplorable mean? Yeah. <gasps> that bitch. But if she had said you're all stupid cunts, they would have said, I like she's plain spoken. I'm gonna vote for her. You know. She tells it like it is. She tells it like it is. That's why too nice is how we lose. What, what, what can you really expect from a bunch of people? Because even, even there's a bunch of white people in this country that don't even realize that since 1978, wages haven't kept up with inflation and they've done nothing about it. They've watched as everything gets more expensive. The rich are getting richer, but your wages aren't going up with it. But that's everybody's well, fault. That's Obama's fault, too, by the way. We could have raised the minimum wage. It's Clinton's fault. It's everybody's fault. It's all the Democrats. Yeah. I'm not going to go full Jimmy Dore. I'm just going to tell you that oh, yeah. all of them should have yeah. watched their back. They no, no, nobody's been looking out for that. Nobody's done anything about the housing crisis or no. the rise in or the decrease in wages or things not you know going up with inflation. Nobody's given a shit about even the middle class having a lower standard of living nationwide over time. And I still don't understand how the proposition for rent control did not pass. Oh, like, it's an obvious issue here in Los Angeles, especially after the pandemic, but it still didn't pass. It was money. The gap is getting wider, and that's not by accident. Mm -hmm. and, and these motherfuckers will realize that these people living under these tents in these tent cities are going to eat your fucking ass one day. So, you don't, they don't, they don't, realize, they don't realize. That might be a party to some people. Yeah, it will be because let me tell you what's happening. Like this is the the gap is getting wider and wider between the haves and the have-nots, and they keep deluding these white dumb people into believing. Well, at least you're white, so you're better than them. Your ass is going to burn too. That the this is not this is this what's happening in this country that it was written about years ago, and right. it it was it's been in play for a long time. Dumbing us down. People, there are people still walking around like Bill Gates is trying to put a chip in our hand. <laughs> you got a chip in your hand. That fucking phone you take everywhere. <laughs> Bill Gates once met with Jeffrey Epstein. What about the you know multiple times Donald Trump did? I didn't hear about that. You won't because the, they, they specifically. First of all, they have a vessel that feeds their their flock all of the information that they need. That's like the fluoride to keep them docile and complacent. And they tell them what they want to hear to make them feel better about themselves. They will tell you these immigrants are coming to take your jobs, but they won't tell you why these immigrants are here and what you were doing over there yeah. without a condom to destabilize those people's economies and fuck their countries up. Look at Bolivia. Look at all the shit you go and do in other people's countries. And then you complain when they come here. Do you think anybody would want to leave their country where the food is seasoned and they get to be <laughs> 
and they get to be around their own people in their own culture. Why do you think they come here? Because we've been there sitting in their houses. So I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't have these arguments with people anymore. I realize that you cannot have a, com a conversation with somebody who's a fan versus a constituent because a constituent yeah. is going to hold you accountable. He's going to criticize you. It's going to say, that's wrong. I don't like it. When you do that, you need to fix that. A fan is going to hold up a sign with one tooth in their mouth and say, you know what? God bless America. The aliens are coming. <laughs> you can't have conversations with those people. And those people are the way they are. And it's by it's not by accident. I know. Well, you know, that's where we got the word devout is because uh, the negative connotation for fanatic. Fanatic. So Herman Melville, Herman Melville wrote Moby Dick about this. That's exactly what this is about. It's about white people and people of color. If you don't get your shit together, we're all going to die. And yeah. that's why the, the whale was this big white leviathan. And it's like, it's, it's like this has been, and it's, uh, my daughter-in-law gave me a book called White Trash, which <laughs> explained the 400 years of shit that white people have been doing. And by the way, I got I got almost banned from Facebook by using the term white trash. I wanted to tell them you're screwing with my heritage. See, that's uh, why I can even say cracker. And I say cracker all the time. And now I've gotten to the point where I just put off a picture of saltines and go, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know. And they can't do anything. They can't do anything about that. But yeah, I mean they're crackers. Come on. And now I've replaced it with hillbilly. You're you're obviously talking about sodium. Yeah. <laughs> you know crackers because they're brittle, white, and weak. I would love to make a company called Was Up that sells crackers. <laughs> uh, who you guys? This has been such an amazing conversation. We want to honor everybody's time, so everybody, let us know how we want to do a check-in. You know, Ada, you have we, you know, asked you for thirty minutes of time, and you've blessed us with an hour. So you let us know if you want to keep hanging. Mark, we're you know happy to have you guys, and this is what we wanted. This is an incredible time. But they always call me; my friends call me the church lady because I say we want to honor the time because I don't know another way to say. Let us know if you're okay, or let us know if you know you want to roll out. We have uh, 26 more minutes on the broadcast. We have some fun stuff, but this conversation I think is so necessary. And you know, and I think, I mean, I like I said, every day is a school day. Like you guys literally have. I just last week said that I'm a Democrat till I die. And in this one conversation, I'm like, well, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, because I because I seriously, because what I'm because what I am more interested in than any two-party system is progress and serious overcoming for people, for melanated people and, and all people, you know, poor people, obviously everybody, and and progressive change that that is maintained and to activate generations and electorates that will not just reimagine but sustain because we've got these systems we have to they have to go they have to go yeah. you know they have to go it will be, but it will be dismantled it's going to be dismantled because the fact that the squad is all back right 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 that's the brightest spot in this whole thing when i saw aoc and i've loved aoc out of the gate and i think it's such a fucking hypocritical thing when they go oh she's a bartender it's like yeah she had a job which you assholes look down on yeah, well, they didn't. Their dad gave them money, and they ended up being in office one day. That's about it. Right. 
Yeah, and that's that's hysterical too. A guy getting handed five million when his father dies, looking down on a bartender from yeah. But he was like, he was like five, five. He gave me five. Well, maybe it was like he gave him five to start, and then gave him the other three hundred million. Yeah, it, it, it was five at the start, but that was what in the seventies or the eighties. But he's well, like, nice. that, he spent a lot of that money on man, woman, camera, hookers, blow. Uh, you know, P right he, here. P right he here. Before he got to the bottom of the list, you know. They always pull, uh, talk about the art of the deal, but they never talk about the book, The Art of the Comeback. It's hard to find. You can never find it, right? Because that's the book about how many times he failed. <laughs> I, I will give him that. He's a he's a okay pirate, I guess. Um, now I know that we're probably going to not have uh, uh, one of our segments, but I did want to address something. Um, Ida, I was watching some of your stand-up, and there was something you said about the Kardashians that made me laugh so hard, because I've had a similar thought about the Kardashians. And and I, I also believe that Kris Jenner is a ringleader of a circus. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th those weren't your exact words. Those are mine. Um, you didn't say that, but... Mm -hmm. I always have this scene in my mind of Kris Jenner. Uh, uh, she's sitting there and she's looking at Kanye going, you have to support Trump. He's like, why? And he goes, because we have to stay in the news. <laughs> you know what? You love this family. You support Trump. Bruce got tits for this family. What are you going to do? <laughs> Wait, did Bruce go? Is, Bruce didn't go all the way, did he? No, he, yeah. didn't, get, he didn't get. No, he didn't get the uh, Wayne cut off. Oh, he's, I he did. no, he's trying to he's trying to be in geriatric hentai. You know what I say to that? What a pussy! Right. <laughs> he wishes. He but, wishes. But, but Ida, I actually really did love that bit. I was like, oh my gosh, wait! Someone said it. Didn't get booed on stage. Maybe I could talk about this too. I'm not sure though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the bottom of the food chain, so I can say a lot of things that you can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm crawling up. I can say anything I want. Nobody cares. And all my, believe it or not, I get banned. My shit's private anyway. It's like you have to, well, Twitter's not, but, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you have to ask to follow me, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kept it, I've kept both to just like 3,000 of my closest personal friends. So, you know, but I still, I don't give a shit. I say what I want. Somebody, Gary Cannon. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Well, I was listening to Mike DeStefano the other day. Not Chris DeStefano, but Mike DeStefano. There's a guy who says what he wants like this. And oh, he I think he's he's he hilarious, great. too. And it's like, oh, my God, he you got a way of saying that. That's amazing. But he's, yeah. he's hilarious. You know what? I So Instagram is algorithm-based, right? I, like, make sure to continue liking Mark's post because he has the best memes in the world. Yes, I just, I just grabbed one right now because I was trying to repost it and I forgot that his account is private. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you got nudes, Mark? Oh, it's for fans only. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right now. He's like, you send him what? a 50 for a nipple pic. In, yeah. in this entire world, I'm proud to say I have not one single dick pic. <laughs> there is a picture of me from the early 90s with a mullet, but that's as close as I get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I just, I guess it's so weird because people think I'm a radical, but I'm actually also super old fashioned. I'm like, you know, you, you don't have to send the ladies a picture of your dick. You just don't, you know? 
Nice. A better way to get their attention. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think I, I think I lucked out because before I would ever have the urge to to send a dick pic, I was in uh, middle or no, the beginning of high school, and I was hanging out with a friend, and he goes, "Hey, check this out. This is my girlfriend," and shows me his a picture of his girlfriend in lingerie, and that made me realize that no matter what you send someone, someone else can see it. Right. Wow. Mm. Mm. Not it's a good all, idea. It's all forever, you know. Like that, <laughs> I used to worry because I was raised Catholic. I thought. Well, God's, you know, got everything on tape, but God made a VCR in heaven. Right. And then it's like, oh, my God. And now fucking Jeff has everything on tape. You wouldn't believe the porn he has. That's now I have. I do have some questions. Where can where can there's lots of people in the chat. Where can we see you guys? What's coming up? We want to know from you, Mark. And then like what's what's coming up? You guys, what shows what's in this time? What is next for you guys? Where can we see you guys? Um, I'm I'm on tour in 2024. <laughs> I don't know. I swear to God, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Ida actually is probably working. I am. I'm still. You know, I have. I write things. I've never sort of stopped being a writer. I just kind of dropped out for a while, and I came back to stand up like four years ago and started pitching again. Mm. And so, but it's really like until it's in deadline or a done deal. I never talk about sort of what I'm writing, but I'm still, I'm writing um, a couple new shows and things look promising, but you know, talking about them is, first of all, I don't want to jinx it. And second of all, until the check has been cashed, right. it's real. Well, you have co-created some awesome yeah, but shows, see, we didn't get to over here. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about your bio too much before you came in. And so, um, Stacy, tell I us. I have to say this though. I Mark was so kind to do our show, our, our stand-up show last year. And if he does a show, and I highly recommend following him, um, he's hilarious. He brought the house down. I had so many people go up to me saying, When is he doing the next show? Like you were a complete crowd pleaser. And by the way, he holds nothing back. This is why I adore Mark. He holds nothing back. Go look up his jokes about the dog on YouTube right now. Perfect. Which which ones? There's so many. Oh, you know that. No, there's. So when you look up you on YouTube, the first uh -huh. video, Mark Brazil stand up, is only about I think four or five minutes. It just kills the entire time. It's it's beautiful. And then of course. Ida has videos on YouTube right now, a bunch of videos showing a long career in comedy that beautifully, for me, I love beautifully edgy. Like, I love both of you guys' stuff. I was watching it in preparation for the show and going, okay, now I need to find more of this stuff. I need to find the Netflix specials. I need, <laughs> you know, everything. You know, Ida, when Ida gets her own show or I create one for her, I hope to open for her. And I'm not kidding. That would be, like, my dream. Because talk about not giving a fuck and not holding back and telling the truth. She's a fucking rock star. And you know oh, what? Yeah. yeah. I love her and Eddie Pepitone. There's very few people that I'm like, oh my God. You know? <laughs> but I had one of them. That joke about eating cats, Ida. Uh, that's crazy. I think, Ida, when did your, your Facebook joke at the Laugh Factory go viral? It was a while, like, ten, it wasn't 10 years. How long ago? No, it was, um, no, that was, uh, it was about four years ago. So yeah. that is how I found out about you, because it went viral. It was uh, about Facebook. 
And I was like, I need to follow her. Like, I need to follow. I need to see more stand-up. And it was actually so nice because the reality is there's not a lot of Latinas that do stand-up. There's so many people that are so afraid to get out of their comfort zone and talk about real stuff. And I'm like, you guys can talk about everything to yourselves, but you can't do it in front of a stage. And that's why I enjoyed it. And, I, and when I saw you on Tiffany Haddish's uh, She Ready, I, I was like, yes, I want to see more of her. Thank and you. your special came out and I was so happy. Like, I, I honestly, you're, you are a rock star. I have to. I have to repeat what Mark said. You're a rock star. Well, we don't want to really... forget her work on TYT as well, man. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's very probably... important. One place that you can you can rant and not be like having the the big network guys going. That's not going to help our stocks. <laughs> you know, funny that yesterday, Breibart, uh wrote an article about me, and then Tucker Carlson posted one of my uh, videos on his page. So I had all the weirdos, you know. If if you if you are being if if Tucker Carlson doesn't like you, you're doing something great for this nation. It's, it's and he just lost a lawsuit last week from with one of Trump's prostitutes who sued him because he uh, said incorrect information on his segment. But he was like, his lawyers were like, well, it's not a real show. You shouldn't give a shit about his opinion. It, it's not real. You should know yeah. better. That's, that's exactly the, what his lawsuit. That's exactly what they did with Alex Jones when he was in this custody battle with his family. They said, look, it's just entertainment. He doesn't really believe anything he's saying. It's public record. It's it's public record, and yet he still has fans going, no, he's the real deal. Because you're a fucking moron. That's why you think he's the real deal. You guys wow. don't even know if you remember this. There used to be a big, huge scandal because every comic at some point about 25 years ago said, wrestling's fake. Right. And then, you know, I think Hulk Hogan put Belzer on his head and then Andy Kaufman got in a chokehold by the guy from They Live or whatever. And they finally had to change it to sports entertainment. And on the 70s show, I did a show where my dad and I went to see wrestling, which we really did. We met Bobo Brazil, who was famous for the cocoa butt back in the <laughs> 70s. And, um, and Bobo was from Brazil. And so we had The Rock. It was his first time on television aside from wrestling. And he played his dad. Oh, yeah. And oh. He was like, one of Jim McMahon, who's like, whatever he's on the phone with me and his attorney and his attorney sounds like this hey listen you know we get script approval so let me tell you something this is how this is going to go and i'm like i can't believe this is an attorney and so rock, <laughs> the rock had to say and it's him playing his father saying someday my son will be the greatest wrestler in all of sports entertainment and <laughs> And by the way, the show's taking place in like 76. They didn't have to call it, but they had to legally change it to sports entertainment. And all the jokes were like usually pretty the same joke, but it's like, who the fuck would bet on wrestling? You know? Well, oh my God, if you're betting on wrestling, yeah, um, not, you know. I've got a wall to sell you. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and to our to our viewers, uh, Mark brings up that 70 show, but uh, so humbly co co creator of the show, and also I'm a, I was a big fan of Third Rock from the Sun. So I then and so every day is a school day when I learned. Yes, thank um, you about that. And um and um and uh, I did one of your jokes that had me from the beginning when you talked about 
um, that you had good hair and that, the, you know, these bitches think and it's just a boat drop off. Like every day is a school day when you were talking about the difference between Puerto Rican and being, um, you know, black, you know, like there's no difference. It's just a boat drop off. It's just a boat drop off. And it just used to always. By the way, Mark, you are guilty of forming my uncle's character who likes to remind me that I am a dumbass all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> Red Foreman's so great. I mean, Nothing burns my shit with it. Like, literally, Kurtwood called me up one time and said, like, years ago, and Kurtwood and I are, are friends, you know, and he's, we, look, he's not shy about his politics. He had a, a benefit for Obama that I was at with a lot of people. So he doesn't, but he called me up and he goes, somebody's putting a thing that said Red would vote for Trump. <laughs> I said, yeah, we can't change that. That's the internet. It's just kind of, but, and, and so people have this, misconception that that character would vote for Trump. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's based on my father. Second of all, the guy fought in Korea and he fought in the Pacific. He fucking hates fascists. He doesn't vote for him. He kills them. Okay. Yeah. And he worked in a factory and he was a liberal Democrat his whole life. And he may have been a badass and a hard ass, but by the way, I like that because I think liberals and Democrats need to be badasses and hard asses. And I think they need to play a little harder and angrier because, you know, it's like, don't become a monster when fighting monster. However, if you keep losing to the fucking monster, become a monster. And yeah. remember to call the monster a cunt now and then. Yeah. I, that's why I love AOC. She mm. is assertive and she can be mean. And I, I I, we she need always, that. She always does her homework. Katie Porter and AOC... Good God, I would shit my pants if they walk into question because they're like, they never phone it in. They're never like, oh, I didn't go to sleep last night. They have every fact and figure a number and they're like attorneys and they rope-a-dope you. Right. Getting you to, then you finally say, it, it's this. And then they fucking plunge the fucking dynamite plunger on. Wow. Ask all these corporate fucking scum. It's amazing. It I is. They yeah. She's, she's amazing to watch. Um, just as a uh, quick sidebar, Ed Namrock says, "Dial in for Dick" is the greatest episode of all time. <laughs> I wanted to like that, that comment there. I was so amazed by in, in Third Rock from the Sun, John Lithgow's performance because you actually start to believe here's a guy that's not from this world. He really doesn't know what the fuck is going on at all. And then um, I'm I'm forget a uh, Stewart. Oh, Fred Stewart. Yeah, he was brilliant, by the way. He he's he had yeah. that show. We had the show after the Super Bowl, and this just killed me. But it was like supermodels come down and they're aliens and they're gonna take over the world. It could happen. It could happen. So we have Cindy Crawford and Angie Everhart. I mean, it's nuts, you know, and and you know, I'm not even I'm like a twenty-eight, thirty-year-old writer just going, <laughs> pretty. And so <laughs> French Stewart is like he's he in the show. He's his date is Cindy Crawford, and he looks at her and he goes, "You know, you'd be really pretty if you got that thing taken off your face." We want to we want to say um yeah. we want to send love to uh, to Ada as she gets ready to uh, jump. And so you guys, we just want to say um my goodness, more thank you, please, thank you so much. Yeah. Especially with Mark, because I love Mark. Mark. Um, I love you. Um, breakfast? Yeah. Okay. Are they still serving breakfast in America? <laughs> I'm not supposed to have half of it anyway. COVID Let's, numbers? Yes. 
if you're here, I want to see you anytime. You just tell me. I'll be there. Okay. Uh, we do a Zoom breakfast. Someone has steak and eggs, and the other person has oatmeal. What the fuck? This guy. We do turkey wow. and burgers in person. Amen. Uh, it would be an honor to get COVID from you, Ida. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ida, for being here. You've been a great trooper and a great guest. Again, Stacy, Dana, I love y'all. I appreciate yes. you. Mark is a genius, and uh, we got to get back to three the hard way because we got work to do. Yeah. Let's but uh, I appreciate you. And listen, don't get so stressed out about this election. Shit ain't going to change. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. Out of the house. But at least now you know that your neighbors really don't like you. Right, right. Yeah, you don't have that, you know, facade of friendliness anymore that they do at church. Right. Um, you know, they will eventually, they're biting their noses to spite their faces, and they will feel the wrath of what they've been, they've been sowing the seeds to their own fucking oppression. So let them keep doing it. They're going to die. They gonna oh, die. I don't want to, I don't want to live in America oh, when it becomes China. <laughs> but, um, okay. Thank I appreciate you. that. And Mark, I'll call you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's one of the things I do get worried about is that I see this trend. I, I work in software and I see um, the American the American lifestyle is diminishing. Our hours are going up. Our wages are going down. And it's like, do you really want to live like, like the people that are mostly on the right that are saying it's okay that the rich do what they want? And propelling this, they they don't understand that what they're propelling us to is to live like China, where you have people working 60 hours a week to live in a two-bedroom apartment with three generations of their family. That's completely the opposite of the American dream as far as I'm concerned. Like, we should not be giving into that. Who's going to be able to afford all your overpriced shit if you destroy the American work? You know, it's like they don't have yeah. any. By the way, Faison Love and I started out together at the comedy store in the early 80s. And he, he, we've been friends forever. We were both underage. We couldn't even go in and have a drink. And uh, when Trump won, I was like pissing and moaning about it. And Faison said one of the funniest things I've ever heard. He goes, oh, no, Trump won. Are things going to get bad for black people in America now? <laughs> I hear you. I got it. And I was like, wow. And the 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 intellect in that statement has resonated for four years. <laughs> what the fuck? But, but, at the, but with Trump, it actually got more dangerous for even liberal white people. So, so that's... We're, we're all in this, you know, it's like climate change and Trump are like, you're in a boat with a bunch of people and it's a lifeboat and the Titanic sank and some of the people go, maybe uh, we could bail faster if we punch a hole in the bottom of the boat. It's like, well, clearly these people have to be thrown out of the boat. Right. And so, but you're all in the boat together. So the, the uh, survival of all of us depends on the fact that not some of us are insane, you know? And that, uh, so both Trump and racism and climate change, it's all the same thing. When you deny these things are happening, you deny that they matter, you're putting everyone in danger. Everyone, you know? And I was here for the riots and the riots didn't give a shit who you are. But again, the poor people lose the most because it's it's just this kind of uh, this fascism that's going to press down upon you 
whether it's bail, whether it's jail, whether it's bankruptcy, whether your apartment burns down. It's like that's who always loses in a revolution unless well, except for the French, you know, they kill the right people. They have that's why the, you got to have the guillotines. I mean, even if you don't no. use them, you roll them up to the driveway. I think that's a gross industry. I hope it is. Really, <laughs> you know, I watch, I watch Batman and think Bane should run. You know, oh yes. I'm like, you know, I used to think Bane was like a terrible person, and now I go, is he that bad? Really? Is he the? <laughs> is Thanos really that bad? <laughs> and the courts seem to work much better in the third Batman. You know, <laughs> the scarecrow is just like, fuck you. How much did you make that last year? Guilty. You know, it's like, okay. I, <laughs> I used to think that was anarchy, and now I think it's not that bad. It, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned the Titanic, though, because my hero comes from the Titanic. Do you know who that was, Mark? Is that the one well, with the ship down? I can no, assume it was Leonardo DiCaprio. No, it's the guy in the water going, Marco! <laughs> Marco, oh, who wants God. to play this? Come on, we're dying anyway. By the way, that was another, that's a nice metaphor too. No, if we go back, uh, the moon will be too full. It's like, okay. That, that's America too. That's like, but I, I have to die with a huge bank account. It's, uh, that's, yeah. Somebody's talking about the morgue and the coroner's talk, walking somebody through the morgue and there's all, there's like eight dead bodies on each side and he goes, Hey, hey, uh, guess which one had the most toys? It doesn't mean shit, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like the Cook brothers, do you think they were happy people, the one who just died? Do you think the other one's a happy person? Wow. No, no it's, it's not. You don't leave with anything. No. So it's all about what you leave behind. Well, that's why you invest in tattoos. They can't take those. <laughs> you guys, it looks like we're gonna have to have like this was supposed to be like the post election wrap up, but there's the election is not wrapped up, so it just looks like yeah. like right. So. We knew that we were right, just right, like, right. we yeah. had to get on the train for the marketing, right? Well, so, I, do, I can tell you that that Biden's gonna win. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, That's I agree. Just, you know, it's I like agree. it's like it's mathematically, it's like they they yeah. kept all these people, you know from counting the mail-in ballots first, so it looked like there's this big red surge. And of course, as you know, it was like a red tide that when it got to the beach, they go, holy shit, it's blue. Right. The, re the red mirage. Uh -huh. The red mirage. Wisconsin and Michigan. And I do, I do refer to the GOP as the red menace now. I think yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a dap, it's a dap for them. So but they're I'm, claiming voter fraud, right? But what happened to those missing 300,000 ballots in Florida? And um, my my business partner, he got a random text message from his brother, who is very, very conservative. He's like, uh, good job, you voted and showed him a picture of my business partner's ballot voting for Trump. So he went and took his ballot and dropped it off. Um, I didn't get No matter what happened to those ballots, you know, the article starts with a Florida man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why they say I know a lot of people. Let me just say, not every vote should count. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should do it this way. They go, "Hey, do you want free tickets to a Kid Rock concert?" Yeah, you can't vote. 
You can't vote. There Sorry. Should be, there should be some kind of litmus test. Is your favorite song Let the Bodies Hit the Floor? Yeah. No, you can't vote either. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you guys, there's still like I mean, there's still opportunity, honestly, in the Senate and the House. The the Dems are up in the House uh 208 to 193. Um, needing 218. Uh, the, the the GOP is up by only a few points, though, in the Senate and with the runoff in Georgia. And I don't know how many other undecided races there are. There's still there's still some hope um, for flipping uh, for flipping the Senate. Like at least I, I personally am not going to give up hope, but just wanted to give you I wanted to give you guys precise numbers on the, the Senate race. Um, but I'm like trying to grab them right quick. But those are just updates. Everything else is still um, as, as it is when we started the dead. Tied? And then um, the house, they were off by maybe two or something. I can't remember. Well, it's two. It's right now. It's two hundred eight to one ninety three. So in terms of electoral votes in the house, so they're not they're not tied. That's just the house. I want to grab the senate. No, but the senate, I think they're tied. Um, let's grab it. Is it? Who's got it? Who's got it? It's 48-48 in the Senate, and the House is 209 to 193. Okay, so the House went up another point since just, okay, so yeah, and I see the, the tie in the Senate. So we, so I still think there's opportunity, you guys, because like I, you know, I talked about it before you came on, Mark, um, and I know like you guys have, again, there's an expansion here to the independent, but I'm like pushing everybody in Georgia, let's get behind Raphael Warnock, let's see what we can do to make that happen, because he did, you know, he did actually come out further ahead of her than when I last looked. I think it's a uh, Lindsay Loeffler. I think her name yeah. is that he's running against in Georgia. And so that's our, that's a big hope um, for flipping, you know, helping us flip the Senate. So I just think the, you know, as we wrap out for sure, 1001, the hope, hope is very much, at least for me, very still alive. And I think there's, with what's in front of us, um, there's a lot of good work that can happen. A lot of good things that can happen. There's still a long road ahead, Mark. I believe you, I agree with you. Um, but I think yeah, it's, it's our activism needs to be activated and to stay activated. For and that's the problem, too, is that we never look at the small game. We need to vote all the way down every right. year, especially yeah. every two years. And that was our big mistake with Obama. We couldn't get anything done because. We, yeah. But I, but I wouldn't you. I, but I would I would submit that this year people were on top of that. I mean, I don't know if you if you if like vote all the vote vote down the ballot. Like Marianne Williamson started talking about that before you know before she left the race. Um, uh, Ada Ada mentioned Ados, and that was something that was on their platform to vote all the way down the ballot. And I don't know if everybody saw the PSA or get your booty to the polls. The strippers out of Atlanta, you know, <laughs> no. even even on their wonderfulness, they were like, and vote for you know they were everybody had that conversation. I really think we saw we saw great activation from the activists that are out there, for, and and some people doing you know making different choices. So I think it's just got to be more. We just got to just keep it going, keep it going. And thanks everyone who's been watching. Thanks everyone who's been commenting. And if you're one of my libertarian buds who loves arguing with me, um, thank you for sitting till the end of the show. Because if you're hearing this, you sat till the end of the show, and that's very brave of you. Uh, and then, uh, and, uh, oh, and Rand Paul has the worst hair I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, and Rand Paul is nothing like his father, no matter what anyone wants to say. Um, Ron Paul may have had some bad ideas, but at least he had principles. Yeah, Ron Paul's much better than Rand. And by the way, when you look at him and hear him, you understand why the neighbor wanted to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually a funny story. When I watched that, everything, they were coming at me 
and tell me I did a bad job. Well, oh, you, as elected representative, that should be your fear every day. Wow. So we want to say goodnight, everybody, um, to our thank commenters, to everybody. Like, just we want to say just thank you, thank you, thank you. And just Mark again, thank you for hanging. Uh, you know, we sometimes yes. never know what to expect. Thank um, you. it's super thrilled that you came on the broadcast and stay with us until the end. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I commit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're